Um, I'm very glad you brought your Ribena today. Yeah, Ribena is the podcast sponsor. Is it actually? Actually, the thing about it is, is that I've noticed that if this one costs ten cent more than the than the, the juice box, the non-sugar one. Oh, then what's the difference? Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> this one doesn't taste like water. When this baby hits eighty-eight miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. They don't drink milkshakes, I assure you. I have two guns, one for each of you. With the power of Grayskull. Well, there's nothing like experimenting. We are here now for our Oscars special. We are going to be ranking each and every one of the Best Picture nominees for the 2019 Oscars. Liam, how do you feel about the Oscars this year? Angry, confused and upset. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm kind of mixed on them. There's a good few that I really like and there's a lot that I'm just like... Ah. There's one, there's six that I... Actually, yeah, six that I really like. One that I like and one that I flat out hate, detest. Appalled. Do you think they're better than last year's nominees? Not gonna lie, I can't remember what last year's nominees were. That kind of tells me everything I need to know. Personally, I think they are, they're on a similar level to last year's nominees in that they were all fairly good. Some that are much better than others that won't get the recognition it deserves, but overall, they're fine. I can't even remember what one last year. Oh, oh last year was... Um, Shape of Water? Shape of Water one last year, yeah, somehow. Okay. I have no idea, like... Because I knew, I knew that horror would win Best Director, but I was like, how in the hell did he win um, Best Picture as well? Yeah. Um, so last year, sorry, I'm just having a little look here. Let me see what I remember. Shape of Water. Eh, eh, that's okay. Call Me By Your Name. A thumbs up. This is a good one. Darkest Hour I've no, never seen. It's, Dunk, it's crap. Dunkirk. It's brilliant. Fantastic. Get Out. Fantastic. Mm. Lady Bird. Th- two thumbs up. Big thumbs up. Yeah. Phantom Thread. I like it. I, I quite like it. It's like... Um, Daniel Day-Lewis is being channeling Meryl Streep and I dig it. Yeah, that's fair. The post is just Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep all rolling over in their bed. Yeah, it's awful. Mm. It's, I don't think it's awful. It's I, just think it's, I just think it's lazy. Yeah. And then three awards. Should have won. Probably should have won, yeah. yeah. But we move on to this year's ones and we're going to start out with Black Panther. A war is coming. My son, it is your time. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. The Black Panther lives. You can bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. The world's gonna start over. This is my time. This ends today. I your false confidence and calculated promises. Sign in your conversation. Black Panther. Ready PG-13. Get tickets now. Yeah, Black Panther. It's the highest grossing movie in America last year. It was, and it was, it was kind of a cultural movement as well. Like yeah. it was, you 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 couldn't go anywhere without hearing someone talking about Black Panther. Like it felt like it lasted a lot longer than Infinity War. Too. It really did because like Infinity War maybe like the third highest grossing film of all time, but Black Panther kind of stayed in the public consciousness. Yeah. Especially now, the past few months now it's been getting a lot of awards track, and now. Now that it's here at the Oscars. Yeah, everything just seemed to take the right boxes with it, whether it be the actual movie, which we'll get into, but mm. also things just like the soundtrack taking off. The, like, the soundtrack is actually one of my favourite bits about the film. Yeah. But the plot of the film itself, Black Panther is the 
I'm gonna say 21st film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh no, it's 19th. 19th film. Infinity War. Oh no, wait, it's the 18th. Um, and Under Wasp is the 20th. Sorry, it is the 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and follows T'Challa, the Black Panther, fresh off the events of Civil War, where he is struggling to be both a king and a superhero. Yeah, so what did you think of Black Panther? First off, as maybe a Marvel movie and then as a. As a movie in general, like. Well, a bit of both. Do you think it's up there with the Marvel movies, or do you, do you think that this is the superhero movie that deserves to be um, best no. picture nominated? I I'm I'm not entirely sure. See, when I saw Black Panther last year, I really loved it. Mm-hmm. I really really enjoyed it. Thought it was one of the best Marvel films they've done to date. I love the style of it. I love the actors. I love the soundtrack. Certain things I had wrong with it, but overall I really liked it. And now that I've kind of... It's a year later. It is literally okay. a year later now to the day that it came out. And I'm kind of similar, but also like I look, I look at the film now and I think it's good. It's kind of like, like most of the other Marvel films at this stage. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pitfalls, a lot of trappings that they take. And overall, it is still a very good film, but it's not Marvel's best, I don't think. Okay, well, I get that, but my love of Black Panther has just seemed to rise since I've mm. seen it. When I first walked out, I was like, ooh, this is one of at least top five Marvel. Oh, I agree with that. But I think it's at least top five. I feel like it's one of the most emotionally relatable stories between mm. whether it be T'Challa trying to cope with the passing of his dad, yeah. or the visuals are amazing, the, the villains, Killmonger. 10 out of 10. Andy Circus on his rubber hand. <laughs> really good. He, he wants. He has a SoundCloud page. Uh, Andy Circus is basically made of rubber in that film. He's so hammy. Like, I know. It's it's rough. I, I, I love it. Like, I mean... Um, what was I saying? Give me a second. Yeah. Um, Chadwick Boseman is... He's not quippy. He's serious. He's stern. Mm. What they really feel gives something a bit different to the... To this movie over the other ones. Do you think the kind of term that's been thrown about that people think it's more Shakespearean is kind of a term that can be applied to it? It's more Lion King. Yeah. Well, I, I, wouldn't, mean, I wouldn't call it Shakespearean. I kind of pin that on the fact that it's set in Africa. Like, Well, more so for the scenes when... I can't remember the exact term for it, but you know when he lies down on like the beads and then he goes into like... It has. The, the spirit tree. kind of world. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that gave me huge, like, Simba talking to the sky and seeing Mufasa. Mm. So I feel like those scenes are spectacular. Those are the scenes I actually really, really enjoyed. All the scenes set in Wakanda and the stuff revolving around Wakanda's culture, the people, they, for me, were the best parts of the film because it's something I'd never actually seen before. And it's just, as, like, a city and a nation, it is so fully realized. Yeah. Like, and again, again, it's something you never really see in a film. You will see all this big alien city or this big medieval city, but you don't. Re- it doesn't really have a sense of style. It's just big sci-fi city of the month. This feels like it could like it feels like fully realized. It feels like there's personality. It feels like there's levels yeah. to it. Like so, the waterfall fights are some of Marvel's best work. Today. The waterfall fights are the best fights in the f- entire film. Yeah, I'm not sure if I prefer the first fight or the second fight though, like because. The, fir- the first one where it's Chital against um, what's Mbaku. Mbaku. That's very it's a very visceral, very rough one. Yeah. But it's also very hopeful, very positive. And then the next waterfall fight, which is against 
Killmonger yeah. and T'Challa is a lot more brutal, it's a lot more negative, and it's a lot, but it's still really fun, really stylized. I, yeah, I thought the first one was actually surprisingly bloody for a Marvel movie. But he gets stopped. Like, yeah, but does he not bust his nose too? Yeah, he busts his nose, he gets stabbed in like the chest. Yeah. He had a rough. Well, I got, I got, I kind of love it to as a character, and like he just does not give up. Like he will, yeah. full, he will full on stab, get stabbed, get broken, just so he can like accomplish something. And he's very much like a man of action, very much yeah. like I do not give a damn, I will do it. And yet he also struggles with the fact that he has to find his place in the world now that he is running a nation. Yeah, um, which is such a strong arc for him. It's vague. Curious to see where him as a character goes next, but in this movie in particular, I feel like even though it's not an origin story, it's the best solo first outing for any of these characters since Iron Man, and I'll stand to that. Really? Because I would argue that the best solo outing is a for me is Captain America. Oh, the first Avenger. The first and I, and I because I personally love that film. Like really, I really do. Yeah. And even Michelle, you could probably if if you counted Guardians of the Galaxy as a solo outing and not as a team, uh, you, yeah, I'd count that. Yeah, then I'd also count that as the best, their best too. Um, I I wouldn't agree with First Avenger fully, but maybe Guardians. But I just love this movie. The That's only, fair. I'm only nitpicks with it because I'm a very nitpicky person when it comes <laughs> to movies. But the visual effects are a bit. Shaky, the bit PlayStation Two y. I don't know how the hell they go from like having kind of crappy visual effects in this to like some of the best visual effects ever seen in Infinity War. They had a lot of money to spend last year, though. They did on budgets and stuff. Well, it's funny because I knew I knew that they didn't think this film was going to do as well as they did. Like yeah. Marvel full on didn't expect this to happen. I don't think anyone did. No one did. I like I know I know I know I didn't. I thought it would be. I didn't think I was actually going to go and see Black Panther. Like really, I knew I. Knew it looked good, and I knew I was up for seeing it, but I was also like, "Am I? Do I want to give it a miss?" Because I was also kind of hung up on the MCU. I was just kind of tired of it nearly. Because uh, I saw Thor Ragnarok, and I was like, "I really enjoyed this. This is really fun." Do I really want to keep going and watching more? Yeah, like, Thor Ragnarok's great. Thor Ragnarok is great. I talked to Thor Ragnarok. Make you? No, no. Actually, no. It wasn't even Thor Ragnarok. It was Spider Man Homecoming, which I really love, but it also felt like another episode of a TV show. Um, I'm going to save my thoughts for that for our Marvel episode coming soon. Definitely. Yeah. But going back to Black Panther, was there anything that you didn't like that much about it other than the visuals? Um, could have done without Martin Freeman. Yeah. I felt, well, he was fine. Martin Freeman was fine. I felt Lapita Nyong'o was a bit wasted. Well, Lapita Nyong'o, I think the biggest waste in the film was Lapita Nyong'o, who yeah. is just love interest. Yeah, like, she does. She does do much, but I would have been fine if she was not in the film. Yeah, but I don't feel that Freeman or Nyong'o give a bad performance. The only bad performance in the film is probably Forrest Whitaker's. <laughs> oh, actually, no. Actually, my biggest <laughs> no. I, I, I actually think Forrest Whitaker gives a fine performance. Really, I, I think he's mo- he's very not he's very good in the um the moments where it's just him and T'Challa. Okay, like I think that's actually quite good. Why in right in the nineties? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do they need to have a young Forrest Whitaker actor? Like a younger version of him? I could have played himself. You're telling me that in the space of 30, about 20, under 30 years, that low teenager turns into full blown Forrest Whitaker? I mean, Forrest Whitaker aged in the space of a day. Yeah. Like, I'm fairly certain, because I remember seeing him in The Last King of Scotland and looking quite young, and now he looks old as balls. I used to feel like it wasn't. 
that much of a change. Last game was Scotland what, 13 years ago? Last game was almost 13 years ago, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who actually played um, young Forrest Whitaker, like, now that I think about it. Cause I think it was his, someone related to him. It looked like so because he did actually look quite it a lot like him. Was it his nephew? It probably it was. Let me actually have a look. Because, let's see. Oh, actually, no, it was, funny enough, it was a guy called Denzel Whitaker who was actually not related to Forrest oh, Whitaker. Oh, not. No. Uh, but he was named after Denzel Washington. The one thing I will say about this is from a direction point, it's probably Ryan, one of Ryan Coogler's, Coogler's weaker films. Which? Which is more, not to uh, dismiss Black Panther, it's just the level of his work before that. Actually, it's, it's on the same, I put it on the same level as Creed, which I love. Love Creed. But as for I think, like. I think direction wise, I think it's not as good as Creed, but I don't think it's bad either. I think it's actually very good, especially yeah. like, I love the one take fight scene in the casino. That's probably, it's, it's really, really well shot. And as well, it has probably one of the best shots in the entire MCU, which is the spinning shot of Killmonger walking into the throne room. Yes. Like, oh, which is so, so on the nose as well, but yeah. I also really, really love it because it's so... It's... Or, or his introduction scene in the museum where he's staring at the mask, but it's from behind him, yeah. so it looks like he's wearing it. I'm like, yes. Also, well... Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, go watch Fruitvale Station. Definitely, Fruitvale Station is fantastic. That is first film. The first film, yeah. Yeah. Then, oh, I love that movie. It's fantastic. I don't know, Frank Cougar, I'm so glad he's getting the recognition he deserves because yeah. he's always been such a fantastic filmmaker. And he's three for three now. Like, I can't wait to see what he does next. Black Panther 2. Black Panther 2, or. Oh, he's doing Space Jam, is he not? I don't know he, if he's he, directing. He's doing it. Space Jam, I swear to God. I think he's doing. He, he's at least producer. Hold on, let me, let me. I thought he was directing Creed 2, but he didn't. No, he didn't. Uh, that was... It was a first-time director. I forget his name. I forget his name. But uh, still, still freaking good, though. Hold on. I need, to, I need to know this. I feel this guy deserves his credit because that was a great movie. Mm. It was Stephen Cable Jr. Stephen Cable Jr. Yeah. Stephen Cable Jr. did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Creed 2 is very good. He is... Yeah. Uh, Ryan Cooley's producing Space Jam 2. <laughs> I can't wait to see that now. Yeah. Although I do, I cannot, I'm actually going to be sorry when I see a film that doesn't have Michael B. Jordan in it though. Like that doesn't, uh, by Ryan Cooper. Yeah, no, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Overall though, I think, do you think Black Panther could win an Oscar? Um, let me think. Because it won't win Best Picture. I would really, I, I don't know, I both really love and I kind of be like, eh, if it won Best Picture. But it should win Best Costumes. Oh, it will be. I think it will miss costumes and miss makeup. Was it nominated for best makeup actually? Wasn't it? I don't think it yeah, was. I don't think it was either. Um, but I think it's gonna win best costume, best production design, definitely. Yeah. Um, I feel like Michael B. Jordan actually should have been nominated for uh, best supporting actor. Oh yeah, no. Like I personally wouldn't have given it to him over um, Sam Rockwell, but that's another. Oh, that's That's, that's yeah, a conversation we'll for another day. Today. Um, yes. We'll get to Sam Rockwell. But, and I think it could win a couple of the bits and pieces, but overall, I don't think it would win Best Picture. Despite winning Best... I remember, actually, I remember when it won Best Cast at the... Um, the SAG Awards. The SAG Awards, and everyone's like, oh my god, now it's a contender. I'm just like, no, it's not. No, it's... Yeah, no, I just, I don't, just don't see... It's a great movie, but with the movies that we're going to talk about, well, some of them anyway, I feel like are much more... 
superior. To they're superior, and they're also movies. more suited to the pe- kind of people who work at the academy. So yeah, but I do feel that this is a fantastic movie. Also, if Shala wasn't nominated this year, I would have given it best original song as well. To all the stars. Yeah, because I love all the stars. I think all the stars is better than Shala. Oh yeah, but it's not gonna win. Hmm. Yeah, because Shallow isn't the best song off the stars. Oh, no, not at all. No. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. But what would you rate Black Panther? Out of what, five? What did, what did you rate Black Panther? I gave Black Panther, I think, a four out of five. I would give it a three and a half out of five. Really? Personally. Yeah. Uh, Purely yeah. because, for me, um, the visuals don't really hold up. Story, guess, is predictable. It's inc- it is quite predictable. It's told very well, but again, predictable. And... La- and lastly, I'm just again. Martin Freeman did nothing in this film. But he, is he was tol- a war veteran. No, he was the Tolkien white guy. Hey, I'm just saying. There's a reason this movie got, got gross. I'm going in it. It's Martin Freeman. Perfect. I think we can then move on to our next film, mm-hmm. which is gonna be Vice. What do you say? I want you to be my VP. The vice presidency is mostly a symbolic job. However, if we were to come to a different understanding, I can handle mundane jobs like overseeing military, energy, foreign policy. I like that. This isn't something that a vice president really does, is it? It is now. Christmas Day. Vice is the unauthorized (laughs) biopic of... Richard Dick Cheney, as played by Christian Bale, as we go through his life and his rise to power, and also see the kind of awful, awful, awful person he was. But yeah, what did you think of Vice? I really liked Vice. I freaking love I Vice. I think Vice is the most underrated out of all of these nominations. Vice is definitely the dark horse this year, and it's funny because I've been seeing a lot of ne- negative, like for this film as well, like a lot of negativity. I think um, we're sort of watching it from a non-biased point of view as um, two Irish guys who don't really... American politics might... Does it have as <laughs> a huge... It's not something that affect us at all, no. Yeah. And it's funny because we we obviously were very young when Dick Cheney was, um, was, was in power. Like, because... We, like we were kids. The only thing I knew about Dick Cheney heading into this was a family guy joke about Dick Cheney and Peter going hunting. And he shoots him in the face and he goes, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> and then you see what happens in the actual film. <laughs> like, uh, but like, personally for me, I think this is Adam McKay's best film to date. I'd like, strong disagree. Really? Yeah. Um, Big Short's one of my favorite films of the last five years. Big Short is fantastic, but I lo- what I love about this is just kind of how biting it is and how it just does not pull the punches. It's punches in regards to Dick. Like it full on, like it doesn't. It, pu- it doesn't put it. It's, I yeah, I know how this thing. I'm gonna say Cheney. I'm just gonna okay. say Cheney now. Did but you, I do, my um my subheading for my review of this was uh, think you know Cheney, you don't know Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad that wasn't the slogan for this film, man. But yeah, I really think this is really it's really biting the sat- satirical elements of the comedy elements is really really work yeah it also shows just how easy it was for dick cheney to get into the power he wanted like yeah it, it worked well at showing him the sort of three different stages of his life mm. especially like christian bale who was remarkable in this movie i it's funny because you look at Chris, uh, dick cheney throughout this film and you don't see christian bale like no. like you can just about see his eyes yeah and that's it but for the majority of them you're just like this is the different man. 
after you've seen it, did you try and practice? You know how in the scene where he's talking to um, George Bush, played mm-hmm. by Sam Rockwell, yeah. he manages to like have his smile, like his grin tilted for the whole thing. Yeah. And I've been practicing that ever since I've seen it. I like, can do that if I've gone to the dentist. Yeah. Like, but I don't know. Just watching it throughout this film, it's like he's mesmerizing in just how much he put himself into that role. role. And how yeah. much he transformed himself. Because that's the big thing about this film, is that he, Christian Bale, completely became Dick Cheney. He yeah. put on the weight, he shaved his head. His mannerisms His are mannerisms, his voice. I mean, well, his voice, I'm not going to lie, is kind like, of it's kind of, t- it's typical of a Christian Bale American. Yeah. Although, as he gets older, you can kind of see, oh, no, mm. this is kind of getting more into Dick Cheney. Yeah. It's hard, like, it's hard to imagine watching this and sort of coming to that uh, thought that, this guy was Batman a few years ago. I mean, this guy was Batman a few years ago, and that's kind of amazing. I yeah. Think. Like this guy is con- like Christian Bale is such a, he's had such a mental career. I think because he's, he's a comedian. S- he is genuinely yeah. a comedian, comedian, and I think he's gonna die in the next five years. Ah. Uh, no, I and I don't put that on the f- on the fact that he's a he bad guy. I think he's uh, probably a lovely guy. I put on the fact that he's doing this because it's hazardous to his health. Yeah. Because if you do these many transformations, you're gonna get like a heart problems. Like Janie, yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, like no, because this is like the third time he's gotten fat. Yeah, he did an American also. He did it for this, and yeah. he actually no, it's the second time. Second time, yeah. yeah. But the right, like, then he, he got skinny for the mechanist. Machinist, yeah. Machinist. But, then, but I, what I do love about the machinist is like in, he got cast Batman while he was in that. Really? Yeah, and then he had three months to bulk up for Batman. I've Begins. never seen the machinist. Machinist came out into the year before Batman Begins, and like if you saw that. And seeing him as like completely anorexic and emaciated, yeah. and then you look at him in Batman Begins, where he's kind of fat and like so even massive. Bet- between um, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, you see him in the fighter. Yeah, skinny and like, again, but he's not as skinny. He's not. He's he's underweight though. There's also the fact that you there was a few years between the fighter and Dark Knight Rises. True. Yeah, so he had time. Yeah, but, but still, it's remarkable mm-hmm. to me. Um, I, what did you think about the? kind of whole structure of the film I did. that's what works best in it I feel mm. Adam McKay's style is it's just unique it's like, very unique style like it's one it's one of the reasons I really love The Big Short is that it's got some, one of the weirdest styles I've ever seen in the film yeah. that it's kind of both all over the place and constructed really carefully yeah and this film in particular has moments where it just throws you for a curveball oh, yeah. every half hour or so like or so like there's a scene with the credits rolling halfway through the film. Yeah, like that's that's a that was a weird fucking moment. Yeah, and then there's a bit where they're speaking Shakespearean. They're like, um, "This isn't a Shakespeare uh, movie, but if it was, if it is, this is what it would sound like." Like there's the moment where um, Alfred Molina turns up in this film as like a as a waiter. Yeah, and it's like he's like serving him different. It's like is he serving Dick Cheney different? Like it's like different. Um, Horrible things that, that he can do. do yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, like I'll, I'll take them all. Okay? I'll take them all. Yeah. yeah, I just oh. Um, Amy Adams is great in this. Amy Adams is, as always, really great. And um, do you think this is her best performance? Oh God, no. no. No, I don't think it is either. And I don't. But I feel like this could have been could be the one that wins the Oscar, but purely um, by the fact that it's the same reason as Leo, why Leo got an Oscar. I did. I don't feel that Adams. I don't feel that. She deserves it for this role. Mm. Um, 
I'm still disgusted that she never won for her rival. I honestly would have given it to her for her rival. She's yeah. so good in that film. Um, Adams is good in it, but I don't know if she's in it enough to get that Oscar. I know she's for supporting, but yeah, she's... can you think of the? I know she's great, but is there that standout scene? See, the thing is, for me, I am a big believer in the fact that standout scenes, like that whole like I need my Oscar clip. Like that, I hate that. I really hate. No, not that an Oscar clip. But no, but I, I know mean, what you mean. Like the like, there's no like, there's no moment where I'm like, she's lifted this film mm. beyond like from a four star to a five star. Yeah, I know that's not hers to do. Like it's not her job to do that. Okay, but I don't know. I need to. I don't know. I need to see who else is nominated for best supporting actress. Best supporting actress is Rachel Weisz, Emma Stone, Amy Adams. Uh, Rachel, or sorry, Mary J. Blige, or no, no Mar- it's Marina de Tavira, Regina King. I'm Regina King, sorry, I think I think it was Mary Blige. Um, yeah, Regina King is probably gonna win it. Like I'm actually rooting for Marina de Tavira. So I, I personally would love to see Rachel Weisz win it. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, but I think it's gonna go to Regina King. Yeah, as long as Emma Stone doesn't win, because she doesn't really deserve it this year. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but as well, is there anything you dislike about Weiss? Um, what did I dislike about Vice? There was something. Give me a second. There was, for me personally, there was not much that I disliked about Vice. Like, I really love the comedy. I love just kind of how they portray Dick as these, the monster he was. Yeah. I love the final few minutes of the film with just the... It's not really that much of a story, but Christian Bale delivers a monologue as Dick Cheney. And it is, for me, really haunting and kind of scary. Because it's very, it feels very much what Dick Cheney would say. Yeah. Um, I felt that there was bits of this where I sort of got confused. Like, there was a lot. I know that says, it doesn't say, I know that's not on the movie, that's on me. Oh, but yeah. there's so much going on in terms of, like, um, terms which many people would have never heard before. Mm. Um, that I'm sort of, like, I sort of zoned out a little. Okay, yeah. But I don't think that's on the movie. It just, there's a lot of explaining there's a lot of explaining yeah there's a lot of stuff that just goes on yeah. and on and I feel on like on. some it can take you out of the film at times it does yeah I, I kind of feel that oh but Steve Carell actually I like to give props to him because I thought he was tremendous in this Steve movie Steve Carell was very tremendous and I think yeah. if I was going to give a supporting actor to someone like in that film I would personally give a nomination to him over, over Rockwell. Sam Rockwell who again is very good as George Bush I don't know but like I don't know I, he's very good as George Bush but it's like it's for me. It feels like I'm watching Dana Carvey. I thought of watching SNL. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's yeah. like it feels like he's just doing SNL. Yeah. Um, Rockwell. He's also in about three scenes. Yeah, he's not in the film that much. He's barely in it. But like somehow he's after scoring. Yeah. All this acclaim. I feel like if you watch the trailer for Vice, you've seen Rockwell's best moment. Yeah, it? like the the scene with him in um, eating some chicken. Eating some chicken. Which is a common feature in the Oscars this year. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of chicken. There's eating. a lot of chicken in there, which I, I like chicken, but like maybe not in all my films. Yeah, I want it in every film. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, Mercury on stage is we, eating some KFC. We'll talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, don't worry. But if you have to rate Vice, what would you give it? Again, I'd give this a flight four. I would give this a four and a half out of five. Very good film, very worthwhile watching. Cool. Good. Good. <laughs> Would you like to choose the next film name? Yes, I want to go on to Green Book. What experience do you have? 
public relations. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met anyone with your appetite. <laughs> Tony, pick it up. Why you break my balls? Because you can do better, Mr. Balabanka. Green Book. Get your hands off him. Now! Say it nice. I just said it nice. In cinemas January 30th. This has been a hot topic for many people, but Green Book is based on the kind of true story. I say kind of. It's um, not true. It's, it's, it's not it's, true. It's not true, but they say it's true. The tagline of the movie is inspired by a true friendship. Yeah, I heard it wasn't a true friendship. Anyway, well, we'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah. But uh, Green Book essentially revolves around a, a lip, Tony Lip Balalonga. I think that's his name. Hey, my name's Tony Lip. How's it going? What's the matter with you? And uh, he has been invited. He is a fixer, a bouncer. He's just kind of a guy. Hey, I'm a like, fixer-upper. He's, he's just a guy. He's looking for stuff to do. And he's been invited to an interview with Doc Don Shirley, as played by Maharshala Ali, a black pianist who is looking for a driver to bring him through the deep south on his tour. And, of course, at this moment in time, this is set in the 60s, black people aren't very welcome in the deep south. You don't want to be a black person in the deep south. But either way... They agree, and it's a pretty much a road movie, and it's eh. it's Pete Farrelly's best movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I was so shocked to find out this is Peter Farrelly directing it. Like, who for those of you who don't know, this is the same guy who made Dumb and Dumber, and has consistently made films like Dumb and Dumber yeah. and worse than Dumb and Dumber for most of his career. Yeah, there's something about Mary's a comedy classic. Yeah. Oh, oh no, it is a die on that hill. It is a classic, but like. He yeah. goes from like all of this, all of the comedy, and then somehow he pushes out this drama film, and I'm like, but mm-hmm. I know, but everyone's like, what? But people who seem to be giving P- Peter Farrelly a much harder time on going into drama than they have with Adam McKay. Like Adam McKay, everyone's sort of like, oh yes, he did Big Short. Whenever that came out, like yes, he's he's an Oscar guy now. Yeah, well, I think it was Adam McKay. Is that Adam McKay much made much better films than Peter Farrelly? Yeah, no, that's well, Peter Farley made some absolute stinkers. Hey, movie forty three says baby. Shut and the fuck up. That's his baby. Shut the don't, fuck up. Don't let we anyone. We do not talk about. He made the Three Stooges, man. <laughs> that was his last writing credit before this. Oh, but um, what did you think of Green Book? Um, I think Green Book's fine. Actually, no, it's better than fine. Green Book is a good movie. I feel that the two performances, um. Viggo Morrison's a walking stereotype. <laughs> he's an Italian guy who literally at one point folds a full pizza in half and eats it. Yeah, like I don't, I props to Viggo Morrison who like actually looks like he came from Italian, like Italian America, and he sounds exactly like it. But to an extent that it's kind of offensive. Like, it's really offensive. It's very offensive. Even his name, I know that's the guy's accent. That actually, like the guy is actually yeah. a real person. Like, he was in The Sopranos. <laughs> But which, um, I, which I kind of think is hilarious. Yeah. So I thought he was great. Um, oh no, he was good. But Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali is stellar. Yeah. And it again proves like I feel like every single week we're gonna talk about Mahershala Ali because we just love him that much, he's and I'm okay with that because oh my god, he is so good. He is. He's genuinely probably the, one of the best actors, if not the best actor working today. I think he is. Yeah. I'm like everything that he's been firing out recently. Have you watched True Detective yet? haven't you need to watch true detective it's nearly over yeah, i know but i'm waiting till it's over so i can just binge it and the second season is still actually i, I like the second season well i mean i like the second season yeah. too but we can skip that yeah it doesn't yeah, matter no no, no 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 um, actually do yeah. freaking great things yeah and it does great things again green book it's emotional 
and he just oh he plays piano it's really good it's better in Alita because <laughs> <laughs> I was like I'm sorry there was something I don't like Mars Lally and oh it's Alita well yeah but like Alita like he's even nothing to do with and he still looks cool bring me to go known as Alita um, but in this his performance his character what's the character name again? his character Doc Don Shirley Doc like? Don Shirley yeah, yeah I loved all his mannerisms in this he's just so reserved he's just so calm he's so calm he's so reserved he's so posh like he's all like, tight I love his introduction scene in his uh, the one on the throne. Like, yeah, so, I was that, that. I love that he just has a throne. Like that's hilarious. Um. Also, the most scene in this movie in the rain. There's scene in the rain. Literally, mm. um, gives me goosebumps to watch. Yeah, like I, I just. I feel like you can give him anything you want and yeah. he will give you a good performance no matter what. See, the problem with Green Book is probably down to the writing, which we'll oh, get yeah. to why why this might be, but especially with um, Ali's character, mm. there's hints towards his uh, sexuality in it, which could have been explored a lot further. Yeah. And I feel like elevated the movie into something much better than it is. Yeah, like me, per- like me personally, my big thing with this film was that it is an enjoyable film. You'll probably walk out of it thinking, yeah, that was grand. It's really funny. It's funny, yeah. There's, there's a lot of funny scenes. But overall, it's very, very forgettable. It's very, like, it's very standard Oscar film. I, I don't agree with that. I do think that. I wouldn't call this your typical Oscar movie. It is, like, for me personally, I felt it was just a better version of Driving Miss Daisy. Okay. No, there, there's a statement. There, it's a there's statement. a statement. It is a statement, and I and I find that Driving Miss Daisy to be a perfectly acceptable film. Yeah. Like Morgan Freeman withstanding, but overall, it's like Green Book for me. I don't, it's just fine. But I don't think it should be hated on just because it oh, was no, nominated. Because I, I, I think it hate it. Like, Green Green Book is, it sort of like gave me the same, um, reaction when I saw The Upside recently. A better movie than I expected, but would I recommend it? Absolutely. What's yeah. so Green Book, which is a better movie than Upside. Yeah, but like, I mean, I like The Upside too, and I was like, yeah, if you want to watch it, just go watch it, but it's all a Green Book. Like, it was, other than Mahershala Ali, there was no moment in that whole film where I was like, oh, that really... Viggo Mortensen had a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> he devoured those, those uh, Yeah, dogs. like, I mean, oh, Viggo oh. Mortensen. The music is really good. Music quite good. Yeah. I won't deny that either. Like, the scene in the bar where he's playing the piano. And like, yeah. yeah. Well, I think majority of the piano scenes are very, very well done and very yeah. good. And I you can't tell if it's actually him playing it or not. I know it's not him actually playing it. Like, but I, but I, he just it just looks well. Like, yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it it was just a lot like the close ups. It's someone else playing it, but when it's just like him on the piano, like it's like fire shot. It is actually him playing it. Mm. Which again, Mahershala Ali is just the coolest guy of all time because he can play piano. Like, yeah, and their chemistry, the two of them, they bounce off each other really well. Yeah, because I was like, they hadn't. I was kind of shocked. I kind of thought they wouldn't. Like, but because he's established yeah. from the trailer, I thought they wouldn't have that good chemistry. But no, they've excellent chemistry. It's kind of like they've known each other for years. Did you enjoy the chicken scene? Oh yeah, the chicken scene. Love the chicken scene. Uh, this is a uh, this is number three. That we have chicken now. This is this is two two, two. Well, yeah because wasn't chicken. There wasn't any food in Black Panther. Um no no, no nobody so besides the the magic like liquid which gave them took away their powers oh yeah yes but like that that's not food no nobody ate in Black Panther Black Panther is two out of ten nobody ate food <laughs> nobody ate food but yeah is there much that you didn't really like about Green Book really? um 
It's just not amazing. I that's, like, that's yeah, it's, like, I feel that. It's, it's, just, it's perfectly fine. There's nothing really that terrible about it. Yeah. But for me, it's just perfectly forgettable. Like, I think I, it's a good date movie. Yeah, like, you can go watch someone with a date movie, but like for me, it's like it's just fine. It's just perfectly fine. I think it's good. <laughs> I do think like there's a lot of things where I'm just like, like why the hell? Like there's some lines and some scenes where I'm just like, what the fuck? The script's really bad. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, there's there's a moment in the film where um, Tony is just like that. He says to Don that he thinks he's blacker than him, and oh, I was like, "That's yeah. a what?" Well, considering it's written by his son, it's written by his son, and that's kind of the controversy about this film is that when you the family of Marshall Lee's character is kind of come come out and said, "Yeah, this whole film is not true and kind of ridiculous, and we might yeah. sue you." And then there was all like the Viggo Mortensen controversy, which I really don't care for. I didn't even know there was one. There, uh, there was like a whole thing in a press conference where he apparently said the N-word. Ooh. Yeah, which again, Viggo Mortensen's not racist. It's not like the Liam Neeson situation. We won't talk about that. Yes, we will. Yeah, we will talk about that at some stage. Yeah. 50 Cent Challenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but in this, in this, in Viggo Mortensen's not racist. That's my main thing. Like, yeah. So. And, he was purely, I think he was purely just putting it out there because he wanted to show that even though people don't say they're not racist, it doesn't mean there might not be a racist thought in them. Like so, which is kind of really, he, he kind of phrased it really well. I'm not phrasing it well myself. Yeah. But he, then he didn't really go down, down that well. There's all. stuff coming out about Farrelly too. Did he do something on the set? Uh, I have no idea. I'm is pretty there actually sure. stuff about Farrelly coming out? Yeah. Oh. I feel like I don't, hold on, let me... I really hope there's not stuff coming out with Fear Farley. Like, where is he? There was. Um, um, hold on. Give me a second. I feel like he peed on someone or something. <laughs> I'm not even joking. What? Like, I'm seeing like stuff about, like, um, yeah. That people are just pointing out as like a white savior film. No, which, all right, no, there was all the thing of the um. It was on an old movie. I think there. I feel like that's another story for another okay. time. Okay. Yeah, but what would you rate Green Book? Uh, I might give it a three and a half. I would give it a three and a half. It's perfectly fine. Nothing too bad about it. Go and see it if you want. Should it be Oscar nominated. No, probably not. No. Besides that, I, I, I don't think. I, um, but the thing is, I do really wonder if it could win because I, I think it might. I don't think so. I don't think it's gonna happen. I feel like the some of the stuff above it is just too far ahead at this point. That's very true. Watch when we move on to next. Um, what about the favorite? Oh yeah. Who are you? No ordinary maid. I wasn't always a maid. My family fell on hard times. I must take control of my circumstance. You're jealous. She is a viper. You do not need me as an enemy. I'm capable of much unpleasantness. Let's shoot something. I'm not quite following. I apologize, but douche what I'm thinking. The favorite. Rated R. Intellect Theaters, November 23rd. The favorite is a new film from one of my favorite directors, Yorgos Lanthimos. And goes over the story of Queen Anne. Who did you know anything about Queen Anne before you saw this film? Nothing. No, fourteen children yet. All was dead. it fourteen? Fourteen, all dead. Yeah, the oldest one got to ten. Yep, all Jeez. died. But in this film, Queen Anne, played by Olivia Coleman, is 
basically ruling England, but she she has basically given all her power to her consort and I actually forget the character's name in general. But like um, Abigail's one of them. Abigail is Emma Abigail, Stone's character. Yeah, yeah, and then Lady Sarah. Lady like, Sarah, who is played by Rachel Weisz, who ba- Lady Sarah basically runs the country, and it's all going very, very well and very fine until Emma Stone's character Abigail just turns up and basically goes, "I want a job here," and starts to kind of intermingle herself into the court. And the whole film is basically a kind of pseudo love triangle, hate romance filled weird thing between these three women. And it's honestly one of my favorite films of last year. That you're really? I really, really loved it, and I fully think it's deserving of best picture. It's so odd in the best possible way. It, and like any anything, uh, Moss touches turns into. I feel like the only like adjective or verb or adjective to describe it would be it turns a Yorgus. Yeah, that's a fairly good way. Because it's funny because when I watch this, I do think that. This is his most accessible film out of all the ones he's done because I've seen Dogtooth, which is very, which is very good. Yep. The Lobster, which I absolutely love. The Killing the Sacred Deer, which I'm like, what the fuck was that, that film? It, but like, it's such a like, you do not want to send that to like your average like film Maybe goer. No, you. But this film, I would recommend to nearly anyone. Like, it's a very like accessible film to a lot of people. It's still odd, but it's very accessible. I feel. Um, a lot of people that I know who've seen it haven't liked it. Really? Like a lot of people. Really? More so for which we're not going to spoil at all, but for the ending. Yeah. Like, was, if you've seen any other Lanthimos movie, you know that you're going to walk out with a bit of a... Huh. Weird taste. You yeah. Know? yeah. But the best thing about him is that he doesn't want to explain any of his movies. No, and I fully, fully, fully commend him for yeah. that. He just makes them for entertainment. Yeah, like that's, that's one of the things I really love about this film, which is the direction, the cinematography, like... It's one of the weirdest looking films, you know, and they're used like fisheye lenses, I really yep. love. Because it kind of makes it like as if they're in some kind of dreamscape. Yeah. Um, how many times did the fisheye uh, come into it? I think it came to a fair... It was a, a lot of the like kind of scenes in the hallways, I yeah. feel like they did. And they, very, and they worked very, very well. Especially, it was mostly around Olivia Colman's character as well, so... Olivia Coleman is tremendous. Olivia Coleman, oh, she like her. Mm-hmm. Some of the lines she comes out with, I feel like they're gonna be like iconic. It's funny because like I've always loved Olivia Coleman like since I was very young, since I've seen her and stuff. Saw her in Peep Show, saw her in Doctor Who, saw her in Broadchurch, Hot Fuzz, I, Hot Fuzz yeah. and I am. For me, this is her greatest performance ever. Like, oh, this yes. is hands down, absolutely spectacular, stellar, just so many things to describe it like i absolutely loved it yeah um i have to agree with you there i think coleman is i feel like she should be a lock to win this best actress yeah i i, I would full i've honestly got to put her up for best actress yeah. at this stage it's gonna be a weird one the ceremony because i feel like it could go to glenn close purely out of uh, necessity and gaga too and gaga, gaga too but i think the most deserving of it is Coleman. It's Coleman, yes, because he has so little screen time, but whenever she is on screen, Coleman elevates this movie whenever she's on screen. Like, she's probably, she's in about, she has half the screen time that Vice or Stone has. Yeah, it's, fu- just, it's funny, yeah. Like, I, I, it's kind of tragic how like, little screen time she has compared to the two characters, but she still elevates yeah, the whole film. It makes it work. It makes it work so mm. much. Like, if you look at any of the iconic performances in cinema, or some of the iconic performances, whether it's Heath Ledger's Joker or um, Anthony Hopkins' Hannibal Lecter, yeah. like, 
little screen time can help make these characters live on. And I feel like this character of Queen Anne is going to be one that people remember for a long time. She does have like one of my favorite like moments in the film, which is the um like she's what well, she's been told to like take her makeup off her face because she looks like a beaver. And it's just and sorry a badger, yeah. And she's um just walking, she's like. Did you just look at me? Look at me! How dare you! Close your eyes! <laughs> like she's just oh out of it. Um, where she's screaming at the band playing yeah. outside the window and stuff. It's like, oh, I don't want it. She's just she's a petulant child. Yeah. Like in the film, but also I really love the character because you're just like you're a woman who has had fourteen children, all dead. Why wouldn't you be like this? Like yeah. so kind of like mournful thinking no one loves you, and having sex with like your with like two other women why not yeah what did you think of Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone um Rachel Weisz in particular I thought was magnificent mm -hmm. I think her performance is she's manipulative she's cunning actually she's not manipulative she's cunning but she's she's doing everything out of goodness I it's, feel it's funny because I feel like her character especially there is always a sense that she does actually kind of care about Queen Anne and that she always, even though she wants to like kind of run the country and she has like a cunning, there is a sense that she, in the back of her mind, that she does kind of give a little bit of a shit. Yeah. No, she definitely does. I feel like she wants to be queen, but just she's not able to. So she mm. essentially is queen just without the title. Yeah. And um, she's funny. She's just, she's nasty at she's times. She's so queen nasty. Anne. Like, I mean... Yep. It's really, it's really sad, like how nasty the characters get to each other. Yeah. Don't call anyone a badger. No, yeah. never ever call anyone a badger. No. Um. Yeah. Um. I was actually surprised to find out that I thought Vice was like, um. I thought she was only in like her young young thirties. No, she's nearly fifty. Yeah. Like I and I knew that, but I'm still like, you look amazing. Um. So. I feel like she's she's one of those actresses. That she's like Paul Rudd. They just stopped aging. Like, yeah. They sold their soul. I think. She's. It is completely unrelated, but I also didn't know she was married to Daniel. Did Blake. you not actually know that? No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she's in a good place then. No. Yeah, yeah. Daniel. James Daniel James Bond, you know. Um. Yeah, but Vice. I Vice. Vice. What you're saying? It's Rachel Weiss. What? Like you're, you like, keep saying Vice. I'm just yeah. like Weiss. Yeah, like this is not Dick. It is not Dick. <laughs> Weiss. 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 Yeah. Okay. Rachel, I prefer Bryce. And what did you think of Emma Stone? Um, Emma Stone's really good. I just she's very good. I just don't feel that she's excellent. Oh, really? Compared to the other two. Do you think she's the weak link? Like not the weak link. I just feel like that Coleman and Bryce. <laughs> you know, I'm so used to saying it. Just say Rachel. Uh, Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> I feel like um, they're both on another like planet, like trying mm. to. You're not, you're not going to match their performances in this film. But Emma Stone gives one of her... I feel like... Was she nominated for Birdman? Yes. Yeah, I feel like it's a better a performance than Birdman. Mm. But probably not as good as La La Land. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, per, I do think she does surprisingly half-decent British accents. Like, there's a couple slip-ups now and then. But yeah. like, overall, it's not a terrible one. Especially, especially when he has like a very typical US accent like so. Yeah, there is a scene where she's trying to pull something off and it doesn't work for her. And she's walking down the hallway just swearing mm. like she just goes fully into a yeah. rant. Uh, like that scene I think is 
tremendous. Yeah, like, that's a very, very, very funny scene. I like a lot of her scenes with Nicholas Holt as well. Like oh, Nicholas Holt is so good in this. I was, which I'm kind of like, I haven't seen Nicholas Holt in, the, in things in ages. He's a it's, it's, man. Yeah, but I haven't seen him in like a lot of like big stuff in a while. And, like it's nice to see him in things. Yeah, because like, he's a very, very talented actor. I love to wink. <laughs> he has like the wig and he has the fake mole oh. and they're both like this is Tony from Skins oh uh, yeah like, <laughs> this is Tony from Skins this is the kid from About a Boy like yeah like and now look at him all grown up and in a big fuck off wig he was in Mad Max as well which I keep forgetting he was in Mad Max yeah again with white bleach white skin like, and um, since we're not doing movie news this week um Props to him in the token trailer. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually quite excited for that. Now. Yeah, props. Oh, please, please be his Oscar role. Like, who who played the, um, Abigail's love interest in this? Not Queen Anne. Um, the the, the, the Baron was it or the? I can't remember his name. Because Mark because Mark Gatiss is in this film as well. Yeah. Like, um, I don't remember who he is, but he's an odd character. I mean, there's, they're all odd characters, let's be real. Okay, no, that's very true. But, because, like, there's Mark Gatiss in this film, who is just kind of fun, kind of, he's Mark Gatiss. Yeah. Like, and I love Mark Gatiss and things, but, like, he's such a hammy actor. Um, what was I going to say? Production? Production, yes. The dance scene. Oh, <laughs> I the love that scene. The dance so, because it's such a weird dance, like. I feel that if Cure, Curon. Uh, wasn't in the nominations this year. Coron, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Lanthimos. Like I was surprised that he didn't get anything because, like, he he was definitely... nominated. Was he nominated for best director? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Mm, I, I hope. Yeah, so. he was. He was good. Yeah, Lanthimos, Coron, okay, okay, good. good. I'm not even gonna attempt the Cold War guy's name. Uh, Powell Pawlowski. Yeah, and Lee. Uh, yeah, no, I would definitely get. I would personally give it to him over um, Coron if Coron wasn't nominated, but. Yeah, like it's, it's the direction, the production design is also excellent. Costumes, it, they're all period accurate, all look fantastic. Cinematography again is really well. The script is probably gonna get best screenplay, I think. I think um, as much as I wanted to, I think it's actually gonna go to Green Book. Sure, we'll see. Like yeah. I really don't want it to go Green Book, but um, because it's just not a good screenplay. But the favorite, I think, is far deserving of best original screenplay personally. Yeah, and. Um... I want to know if you have a thought on the ending. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, please, because it's one. It's a very interesting kind of ending. It's but it's a very Yorgos so ending. Without well. saying anything in one word, your reaction to it. Ugh. E. <laughs> sort of like a Fonzie thumbs up. I am gonna give the favorite five out of five. Like, ah. It is my personal pick for best picture. Uh, I'm not quite at five with it. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Really? Yeah, I'm oh. just not quite there. Oh, but I feel Liam, like you're breaking my heart. I'm gonna rewatch it and then maybe. I feel like this could be the shape of water next year, where like it's it's one it's a film that's kind of overlooked, and then somehow it wins best picture. Ah, oh, that's a good point. Mm, I can yeah. see it doing that. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not mad on the shape of water. That's just me. That's fair. <laughs> I think we're going to move on. We're going to save a certain film for last, but I'd like to move on to Black Klansman. The KKK is planning an attack. How do you propose to make this investigation? I'm going undercover in the Ku Klux Klan. You ready? Born ready. The wars are coming. I gotta get in deeper with these guys. 
That's what I'm talking about. Power to the people. Black Klansman in theaters August 10th. Oh, yes, this was nominated. Yes, it was. Yes. Black Klansman is the story of Ron Stallworth. He's an African-American police officer mm-hmm. who decides to infiltrate the KKK in the 1970s, of all times. Well, always a risky maneuver. Always a very up, risky maneuver. But he decides to do this by basically calling up David Duke, the Grand Wizard of the KKK, and imitating a white man. Yeah. And from there we have comedy, drama, crime, and just one of the really fucking well-made film a oh. really really well-made film i love this movie what's your opinion on spike lee in general spike lee to be honest i don't really i wouldn't really be a huge fan like obviously i've seen like do the right thing mm. and besides that like i can't really i can't say he's a great director because mm-hmm. of um old boy but <laughs> that's I for, uh, he's old boy's not a great remake the start of his career was really good and then he sort of spiraled off a little bit i pure, like he kind of just made the same film for a lot of the next while but like he made this thing called like Chirac a while back which mm. i watched and that was fine it's just kind of like do the right repeating do do the right thing again but this though black Anza is definitely his best film in a long long time i think though. it's his best movie full stop actually maybe not it doesn't quite top malcolm x but um i feel like it's his second best movie to that because i think this is tremendous it is no like what what be your kind of big positives about this film yeah performances performances yeah, yeah. like don john david washington was snubbed i think this year for best actor like he proper he, he owns movie. this film. He ele- he elevates every scene. He owns it. He steals the majority His of them. Afro was awesome. <laughs> His style was so Ooh, good. He looks fantastic. If I could pull any of that off, I would. But <laughs> it's just not for me. Oh no. It's um, but yeah, Washington. He's funny. He's charming. He's charismatic. Mm. Everything about him just takes all the right boxes for me. He's Definitely. able to bring emotion to it as mm. well. Definitely. I think this is a performance which. Denzel would struggle to bring up. Yeah, like I think this is very much a breakout performance for him. Like, yeah. a, a now hopeless brings him on to bigger and better things. Best performance of the film, though, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Easily, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad Adam Driver got nominated for Best Supporting Actor because he is just so good in this film. Like, I, it's nice to see Adam Driver have a role that he can just properly sink his teeth into. Well, I said when my review of this um, came or when this came out and I mm. reviewed it, I said that. I want Adam Driver to win this Oscar. He won't, I don't think. No, but he won't. He, I'm so glad he at least got the recognition because he's just, he's just, he's just so he's the perfect straight man. He is the full, he is the perfect kind of straight man in the whole film, and yet he brings so much like it's, charisma and emotion. You're also terrified for his life the yeah. whole film. It's the role that his career sort of been leading up to. Like if you see him in Star Wars, he has good emotion in that. But and then if you compare it to his like cameo appearance in Inside Lewin Davis, yeah. which is hysterical, I feel like he's sort of balancing out every little chop and trait he's picked up in his career so far to deliver this performance. Did you ever watch Girls? I have never seen Girls. I've seen all of Girls and he is stellar in it. He's very, very funny in it and also very dramatic. But and I do think that a lot of his best work has come out of that, that show. And I'm also, I really, really loved his film... Um, also one, he was like a bus driver, um, Paterno. Uh, um, yeah, I think it was, I think 20... it was Paterno. Was that last year as well? Patterson, sorry, Patterson. No, that was 2016. Oh my God. He's very good in Patterson. He's very good in Silence with uh, Martin Scorsese. Um, Logan Lucky, he was Steven Soderbergh. He's hilarious in, I, I think. I love that movie. 
And I think, yeah, you're, you're completely right in saying that this is kind of the film that he's been leading up to, and I'm very glad that he's gotten the recognition he now deserves. Yeah, the scenes where he's with the KKK um, trying to sort of infiltrate them, because he... Because if you don't know um, John David Washington, so Ron Stallworth is sort of feeding information feeding like yeah, to Flip Zimmerman, two great names. Mm. And so they have to infiltrate the KKK, but the scenes in like their house meetings and stuff, it's just uneasy. Like every single scene the KKK and I'm driving this home is so tense and just so like nail biting because you know at any second they could be like, yeah. let's just kill this guy. Like, there's a scene where, like, like, they bring out a lie detector as well, like, which I think is very tense and very oh. scary. And, um, did you know that this Steve Buscemi lookalike is actually called Michael Buscemi? And I'm trying to realize that this is brother. Do you remember the Steve Buscemi lookalike? Wait, really? Yeah, I've only noticed here. I was going to say, I was about to say, like, um, oh, the Steve Buscemi lookalike, but now I'm just seeing his name's Michael Buscemi. Oh, really? Is he oh. brother? Oh, right. That's actually really nice. Michael. Did you did you notice Alec Baldwin in this film? At the very start? Yeah. I think Baldwin was in uh, three of my top ten movies of last year. Yeah, like, I mean, he's it's funny because I'm not I'm not a massive fan of Alec Baldwin, like great actor, but I just don't really watch most of his stuff. But he's good in everything I see him in. Like Scientist. mostly. I do think as well this film it's just the, the style and the cinematography is also fantastic. There's and it's very very hard hitting visuals in Ooh. this. The, like, there's a kind of a closing montage to this film, yeah. which is one of the, like, you will be silent walking out of the film. Like, it's so hard-hitting and so emotionally, like, resonant, I think. Yeah, it's brutal. Mm. And that, that's what I can say for a lot of this film. It's very brutal. It's very hard-hitting. It's very... It just feels real. Well, right? The scene where Stallworth um, looks at the shooting range and sees what the KKK were actually the targets they were mm. shooting, it just leaves you... It, there's so many gut punches in this film. Yeah. But, but it's also weirdly there's a lot of comedy in this film. I put that purely down on the fact that that is a that's a Spike Lee. He yeah. he has that ability, very good ability to be quite funny, but also he will hit you as hard as possible. Like. What do you think of Topher Grace? Topher Grace is fine. He was yeah, good. He, he was. He was. He was good. It's funny. I'm not. I don't even think Topher Grace is that good of an actor. Like, yeah. Did well, I think he was grand. Did you hear what he did to recover? Uh, what he made a supercut of like um, he he did it with another role before he like I think he edited the Star Wars movies together. But he's I, yeah, Hobbit I did hear about time. that. I did hear about that. I'm yeah. pretty sure he would have made a better Hobbit film actually than Peter Jackson because he made it a film and not he, a series. Yes. Yeah. Um, the only thing about this movie that didn't work for me is that there's a Trump sort of uh, reference where it's sort of like. It almost felt like they're blatantly staring at the camera and being like, get it? Yeah, that's it's fairly on the nose, but I don't really mind it. I oh. can't, I'm just fine with it. Who, who's the actress in this movie who plays... Uh, Laura Harrier. Laura Harrier. She was terrific in she this. She was great, yeah. She was in Spider-Man Homecoming. As... Liz. Really? Yeah! Wait. Oh my god. Yeah, she's 28. Oh my god, that's so weird. Yeah. I thought she was like 17. No, she's 28. Whoa. You forget that Tom Holland is only like 21. You know, but that makes sense to me. Tom Holland feels 21. Actually, he's 22. He's 22? Yeah. But he wouldn't have been about like 20 when he shot the film, though. I was about to go into my Tom Holland voice, but it was way too high. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, she was very, very good. And again, also love her afro. 
Yeah. It's a great afros in this movie. You know, afros are just... I always love a good afro in film. I feel like this has been um, sort of looked... Sort of dismissed in the Oscars. There hasn't been really anyone talking about Black Klansman. No. I think that more people should sit down and watch this because it's a very important movie. It's a very, very important movie. A very necessary film, I think, if you, you should watch. Especially... Just purely if you are up to date on the news in general of the world, you yeah. should definitely give it a watch. Yeah, so what? anything you want to add on this? I don't really think I want to add anything yeah. else. It's like, I think it's a very, very well done film. It's Spike Lee's best film in a long time, and I do hope he gets something out of it. Yeah. And uh, it's actually the first time he's nominated for Best Director as well, which I found out. Um, I don't find that as surprising. Not really. Actually, he should have been nominated for Malcolm X. Yeah. But overall, I would give Black Klansman a very solid four, four and a half out of five. And I'm on the same boat as you, another four and a half for me. Fantastic. So, what do you want to go on? We have three left. I think we are, can move on to A Star is Born. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Come sing that song that I love. No, I can't do that. All you gotta do is test it. this movie A Star is Born which is Bradley Cooper's directorial debut he was snubbed <laughs> <laughs> you bastards sorry that was, it was it was Bradley Cooper's directorial debut snub where it follows the story of country singer Jackson Maine who is kind of getting on the years he's an alcoholic he's just performing concerts here and there and wherever and then one day after a concert he goes to a bar and he meets a, the girl Ali as played by Lady Gaga and together they form a relationship. He starts getting Ali more famous and more getting more into music. The plot goes on. She gets more bigger. He starts to they start to drift apart, and yada yada. Life gets over, and then there's a really big, big tragic ending. Let's be honest now. I don't think many people have actually ever seen the other three Stars Born films that have ever been made. There was the Judy Garland, the Barbra Streisand, and the very original one before that. But for me personally, it. Just watch this one. Just watch this I one. I tried to watch... Um, me and my mom tried to watch the Barbara Streisand one at Chris Christopherson. Isn't it really bad? Yeah, we got about 20 minutes into it and we're like, no, no more. We, ca- we can't take this. Um, but this movie, this is my favourite out of all of these. No- no Seriously? Movies. Yeah, I love this movie. I Yeah, that's pretty fair. Like, I mean, I'm still on the favourite buzz, but I think if, if Favourite was nominated, this would definitely be my favourite. Because it's just... I don't know what it is because it is a very the concept and the whole story of it again it's been remade four times it is a kind of a tired concept and a tired thing but it's executed so well directed yeah. so well and performed so well I cannot fault it whatsoever there's not a lot of movies that tackle the music industry there's recently I feel yeah that's completely fair and the funny thing is is that it doesn't even focus that big on the music industry I feel it focuses more on the relationship between the two yeah. which Let's just talk about Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga for a few minutes and let's just gush. I want to gush so much because... Uh, you want to have one and I can have the other? Uh, I can go for Bradley if you want to go for Gaga because I have a big thing about... You, okay. <laughs> Give me one thing on Bradley. Okay, you for, go. First off, should have freaking got Best Director! He said win Best Actor. 
the beard, the hair. <laughs> yeah, this boy Jackson Lane is going through so much. He has the baby driver disease. Oh, he stop! A, and he, he has the he has the grizzly voice. I'll, I'll be I'll be real. He was really good in the film, but there were certain moments where I was like, I don't know what the hell you're saying, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> his um, he damaged his vocal cords during the voice. Oh yeah, no, but you, do you know he copied Sam Elliott for that? Like, yeah, yeah, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um. Yeah, Jackson Maine, he feels like I'm watching uh, Father John Misty in like 15 years. <laughs> um, but he's just, you want to give this guy a hug. Yeah, because like, as you like over the film, you learn more about Jackson Maine's life, how it was kind of crap, how his dad was making him drink at 13. Yeah. Like, and like, he has had quite a tragic life, but he's still, I mean, he's an alcoholic and he's a drug user and he does all this, that and the other. And he's also kind of a crappy person in general. But he's yeah. just you can't help but feel sorry for him though. Props to Bradley Cooper though, because I'm watching this movie and like I would happily go to a concert just to Oh yeah. Like, that opening where he's playing um is a snake guys. Black eyes. Black eyes, yeah. That um opening song, I was like, man, this is great. And it's funny it's funny as well, one of the big things, like you know yourself, I'm an, I'm an, I act and I do acting outside of this, but um Playing drunk is a very hard thing to do, and he plays it absolutely perfectly. Yeah. I think, yeah. The scene in the the bathroom. Yeah, the bathroom. like that's that's such a like a rough scene to watch. Yeah. I think, but I feel like it's one of the more accurate depictions uh, of alcoholism on mm. screen. It's like this and the Denzel movie Flight. They're very like accurate yeah. in regards to alcoholism. So he's well smashed. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, movie, a good alcohol movie, a good alcohol yeah, movie. Yeah, that better. But we'll go on. But definitely, I will agree with you as well on the music and the performances. The music is so good; it's so catchy as well. Like, and so like, everything, every song like just works. There's not a really real weak link in it. Uh, the Saturday Night Live one. Well, I'll honestly make an argument for that one. That, that was actually quite enjoyable. Really? Purely because they, the film is kind of self-aware about how kind of meh it is. Do you is. think it was on purpose? Oh, one? yeah. Oh, 100%. Like. Yeah. Okay, so what do we think of Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga is going to get nothing in the Oscars, and I'm very sad about that. Going to get a best song. Yeah, but like not for like best actress, and I'm very sad about that. Because she's stellar. I think one of these two is winning and taking an Oscar home. Yeah, I can see that. One of them has to. Mm. These two performances are amazing. For especially, like, Gaga's opening opening scene where she's in the bathroom breaking up with a boyfriend. Mm. And you don't hear the boyfriend, but she just hangs up the phone and screams. Yeah. Like, yes. I also am in love with her opening song, La Vie en Rose. I think that's actually her oh best song in the film. Just because yes. it's dripping with charisma and performance and style. And also, singing in French is hard, man. Like... I can't even speak French. Tu parles français? Tu parles français, monsieur? I got a D. I got a D in my leaving, sir. I got a H3. H3. Oh, yeah. You're part of the. Yeah, I'm part of the the new paradigm. But I do think that she genuinely is. Especially for someone, it's like her first proper film. Like, it's so well done. And for some people, some people might think who if they've watched American Horror Story and seen her in it and think oh that's all her range because she's really bad in American Horror Story Machete Kills <laughs> exactly yeah she's in Machete Kills but she's just she feels so real she feels so like emotional and she yeah. feels like she oh, I, can't, I can't stop giving her praise I really can't she commands the screen in like debut feature film mm. I don't think I've seen anyone give a strong a performance in a long time for the Definitely, first film yeah. I said this recently, and someone 
No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, oh, oh, I was gonna say it now, but I'm gonna go back to Gaga. Um, I said about how I said how I thought Bradley Cooper um, gave one of the best direction directorial mm. debuts of the last ten years. Yeah. Some guy I know just had some nominations came out and it was lovely. Guy decides to reply and goes, "Actually, what about Jordan Peele was only last year?" I was like, "Let me let me piss off. Let me be better. Piss off, like dick." Oh, <laughs> uh, but just. You know, it's it's funny because I saw this I saw this film like when it came out in yep. Ireland and I cried at it like I full on it was like in tears after it. I was really like it was really like heartfelt and emotional. It felt this that's really all I can say. It's just such a heartfelt film. But it like, was the second best film to come out that day. Yeah, it came out the same day as Venom. It did come out the same day as Venom, <laughs> and I was crying at Venom too. Like so, <laughs> why is he making out with Tom? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but the emotion in this, I. Like, me and my girlfriend went to see this, and she was weeping at me. Oh, really? She was oh. in bits. And you got everyone, you can, like, literally hear her, <laughs> like, throughout the screen. Like, it's funny, because there's, like, the final song in the film. Oh, no. The, you'll know the exact oh. moment when, because, do you, you, do you know the moment I, I, when I, I, I can't listen to it. No, I can listen to the song when it's not the, I can see there's a, re, there's the regular version. It has been the dialogue one. No, there's the regular version, and there's the movie version. The movie version, I break every single time the dialogue comes in. Yeah. I break. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> But we haven't even talked about Sam Elliott. Like, oh, oh Sam Elliott, oh. The like, car. That, oh, just that, there's like that one look back. Like, yeah. oh. He sh- Bradley Cooper shuts the door and you just oh. I like Elias mustache deserves praise. Elias mustache always deserves yeah. praise. It's a fantastic mustache. I feel like you've sort of forgot about him recent years because he's been dicking around with Aston Kutcher on the ranch. Yeah, like I mean, he's just kind of been fucking around and doing whatever. But now he's in, now he's in this, and he's gonna be in my probably my favorite film of next year. Like, do you want to know what the title of it is? What? Have you not heard of this film actually, my friend? What is it? Uh, it's the man who killed Bit- Hitler and then the Bigfoot. <laughs> yes. That's gonna be my favorite film of next year, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's there's gonna be another good Hitler movie on next year. The right. uh, Taika Waititi movie. About, yeah. I don't know the name of it. Hitler as an imaginary friend. I can't wait to see that. Um, but yeah, there's like, do we have really much to say about Star Is Born other than you need to go and see it? Um, yeah, I have no major faults with it besides a sort of pantomime English guy. Yeah, he like he's... And I, don't, I don't really put that on the actor. I feel, like, I feel like the writing didn't really help him either. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I feel like... I don't know Dave Chappelle was great. Dave Chappelle was really well in yeah. like the five minutes he had. Yeah, I thought he was really yeah. good. I the, the actor who was playing Ali's father was very, very good as well. Ron um, Rifkin? No, uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew, Andrew Dice Clay. And Anthony Ramos as Ali's friend again was also very very good. I wasn't um, mad on him. Huh? I wasn't mad on him. He was fine. I really yeah. liked him. But overall, yeah, it's. Pro- Do you think that this could end up winning? Yes, I feel like it has to win one of the big three mm. or one of the big four. It's only in for three of them though. Yeah, like I, th- I think it's. For me, it's the most. I feel like this might be able to sneak best picture last minute. I think it could too. Because it's funny, a lot of when I've been looking at, I've been looking back on the last few years where it's like a lot of the films that have ended up winning Best Picture have not won many other Best Picture awards. Yeah. Because last year, three billboards won everything except for Best Picture. The year before that, it was going to be Spotlight and then it ended up being um, Birdman. And the, or La La Land and Moonlight. La La Land Moonlight, yeah. La La Land won the majority of the, yeah. the, big, the big awards and then it went to Moonlight. Yeah, but the thing about it is there's no clear 
Runaway this year. I think we'll talk about that more towards the end. Yeah. But personally, I would I would be happy if Stars won one. Yeah. No, it's I'm I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for it. I would give it five to five. And the same. I yeah. love I love it. It is it is a perfect film. And I've made the statement a lot back in October that it was a lock for best picture. And if it doesn't, it's gonna make me look bad. Oh yeah. I, how I, much I, how much money are you betting on it? I know. I just been saying. I said it. Remember, uh, I said it in my review. Remember, we did the yeah, video thing? yeah. Definitely. I said it then. You did. I've I've been banking on this to win best okay, picture for a while. And we've got just two more to go. How about we move on to Roma? Pretty movie indeed. This is a really hard movie to talk about. I find. Mm, yeah, um, I, I feel like it's it's like watching an art gallery. Yeah, it's funny. I've talked to a couple people who have seen Roma and they just didn't flat out hated it. They hated they, it. They got bored as hell. And I was like, that lads, you weren't paying attention. I feel. Yeah. And like, which like you can get bored of films, fine. Like, and it's not. I don't. I do think. One of the things about the fact that this Netflix film is not going to be the exact same as watching it in the theatre, in the cinema, but personally for me, it is still a pre- absolutely beautiful film, though. Yeah, no, the, the direction is crazy good. The black and white brings so much to it. Yeah, I really love black and white films. I really love like shooting stuff in black and white as well, because there's so much you can do with it. There's so much you can affect the colour and the lights, and just... Oh, Alfonso Cuaron is winning at least two Oscars, like this year. Yeah, at yeah. least two. I, I he's, think he he's has a, both. I think no, like he. I think because he, he's up for four. He's, he's up, up for. He's up for best picture, best director, best cinematography, and best um, script. Script. Did he write? Yeah. He wrote. He you know was based off his life. This is based off. This is like his passion project. Like, but he's full on like full on he's oh sorry no he's gonna win best foreign language film best cinematography and best director that I feel will be the three maybe best picture maybe best picture too but I feel like he's at least winning two yeah like he's at least walking out with two yeah this has been um, it's very refreshing to see a foreign film getting so much love oh yeah no like when when was the last foreign film to uh, be Amour Amour yeah Amour oh, was that 2013 2012 2012 yeah I think it was a while ago um, yeah Roma it's a movie that I'd say is best to watch on your own because mm. you need to watch this without any distractions. Yeah, like this is not a film you want to watch with your girlfriend, with your mom, with anyone else. You want to watch this by yourself, I think. Yeah, because there's just so much happening on sc- screen, like mm. through the subtitles, or it's a lot more. Um, what's that word? It begins with an A. Affecting? No, hold on, you can edit this out. Won't you have to think about what it means? Um, affecting? No. <laughs> I right, that's a good day. Would you? It's more you. I want to sit back and like rest on it, like so. I don't know. There's a it's a genuine. Oh, come back to me. Um, yeah, but um, it's the kind of movie where it's very rewatchable. 
Yeah, that's one of the things that surprised me is how rewatched that could be. Like, because yeah. I've watched it three times now. Yeah, yeah. Like, and each time I really, really enjoyed it. We haven't even talked about the plot yet, but the plot of um, Roma centers around it follows a year in the life now, like of, of a family in Mexico, and um, the kind of like trials and tribulations each one goes through. And um, we have our lead character played by uh, I'm gonna absolutely butcher this I name. Think I got this. Um, Yalitza Aparicio. Oh no, I really yeah. did, did that justice. Yeah, Cle- Cleo. Cleo. Playing Cleo. And you have Marina Tetavera as Sofia, who is the mother yep. of the family, and you have the rest of the family, of course. And, oh my god, like... I wanted to hit Paco. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paco was a little shite. Yeah, like, he I was... Fucking him. Uh, I don't he know how... I mean, like, if you had to be realistic, there would be one little shit. Yeah, but I think Cleo... Like, if I was dealing with those kids, I thought all oh, these kids were horrible. Oh, they're awful kids. But they're like, great performances. Great performances, and I think, like, very realistic, but they're awful kids. Yeah. Pepe and... One's called Sophie. Sophie was grand, I'd say, but Pepe and Paco, they're driving out the walls. Oh, really? Yeah. I like Tono. Tono was fun. Tono? Yeah. Which one was Tono? Tono was, um... Was there was four? He was... Was there four? Like, or... I thought there were three. Pepe, so... No, there was four. Yeah. Who's it? Pepe, Sophie, Tono, Paco... Uh, Tono yeah. was Tono the oldest? Tono was the oldest one, yeah. Tono was the one that was just kind of chill. Yeah, okay. Tono was... Uh, but just, oh, I think there, the whole story is very, like, it's one of the most realistic films I've actually seen quite a lot as well. Like, it's just watching someone's life. It is literally watching someone's life, yeah. yeah. It's, it reminded me of Boyhood, actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very, very mm-hmm. much like Boyhood in, in a good way. Um, I feel that you're not watching this movie for plot. No, the, the plot of this film, for me at least, does not matter. No, it doesn't. It does not matter at all because you just want to watch these people yeah. like, and their lives and the things they go through. The plot like does not matter as much. It's a very good plot, I'll give it that. But like, you're watching someone over the year of a life. like so. But It makes you care about the characters by showing you just their day-to-day. Mm. Like This was the movie out of all these best pictures that made me like the most emotionally... like struck mm. like there's you know the scene I'm talking about oh yeah yeah that scene I was just like in bits mm. watching it it's very it's hard hitting it's very honest and there's um a guy doing naked martial arts yeah I mean naked martial arts so I know, I still, I'm still not sure I'm still not sure why but you know what it, it worked you be you man like it's funny like there's so many like moments in the film where it's like it's just like it's just so beautiful like it's so it's such a beautiful film like honest to god you could watch this as a silent film I think yeah like it's such an absolutely gorgeous thing to look at like my favorite my favorite moment of the film is um, the moment then it's actually the poster of the film like, on the beach on the beach that's actually my favorite moment in the entire film where it's just all of them together right? my favorite moment's actually really different really my favorite moment's the opening shot really? of her washing the floor just watching seeing the water hit the ground that's moment. actually a, it like, is a gorgeous I shot I love that shot mm. I think it's fantastic mm. I do kind of lo- I just like how it's. it just feels very real to life it feels very like this is Alfonso Cuaron putting absolutely everything into this because he literally did everything he did he directed it he produced it he wrote it he, he shot it and he edited it. He did yeah. literally everything. Oh, fuck. He might even win best, edit- best editing, I think. Yeah. This, the more I think about this, as much as I love, and I bloody love A Star Is Born, I mm. feel like this might be one of the best movies I might have ever seen. 
Yeah, like, I think this will be remembered for years to come as just a pure masterpiece. Like, you ever think when Citizen Kane came up? Yeah. A movie that not a lot of people get. I don't get Citizen Kane. I don't get why it's up there. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is going to happen with Roma. I think it's going to happen with Roma as well. Like, I feel like the same kind of thing as, like, 2001, where it's, like, it's such a classic, it's such a masterpiece. And it's such, like, that director pouring all his vision into Mm -hmm. everything. That was that it will be remembered as that kind of film. Yeah, I still I actually really love Citizen Kane. I think for what they did, especially for when the time was made and the effects they did with it and the production design, the cinematography, I think it's stellar. But with this film, I think it's going to be remembered for a very, very, very long time. Even if it doesn't win, even if it doesn't win, I still think people are going to be thinking about this purely because you can watch this at home whenever you want. Yeah, if you pay eight euro a month. I'd w- wish I seen this on big screen. I, I really do too, because I think seeing this on your laptop or your TV does not do it justice. No. And I really wish that if it could have ever. <laughs> the best thing to come from this is that this is how uh, Alfonso would have wanted us to watch this. It's like someone watching Roma on their TV. And they're like, someone with their like, iPod, uh, iPod sh- uh, shuffle. Know, yeah, not the shuffle, you know the other one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love someone watch this on iPod. <laughs> yeah. I would genuinely love yeah. that. Yeah. So, um,. I think I don't really want to talk about much more of this because I'm actually going to get even more sad. I want to watch it again. I'm probably, oh, excuse me. I'm probably going to watch it again. <laughs> Morty. I think I am going to watch it again. Yeah. But I'm I'm giving this a five out of five, and like there's nothing I think I can change that. It is probably, it's probably one of the contenders I think for best picture now. Like the serious ones. I'm on a five as well. Yeah. Right. I think that's all. No, no, I don't think it's all them, Liam. No, you want. I know you want it to be all them, but I'm afraid. We have to move on to our final film, the nominations, which is Bohemian Rhapsody. Ready, Freddy? Let's do it. We need to get experimental. No one will play Queen. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Honestly. Oh. Right. Do Okay, do, okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna explain the plot. I'm gonna do it then. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna and then we're gonna I'm gonna let you run free. Because I've been waiting for this. Like for anyone who's listening, Liam and I have been talking about Bohemian Rhapsody for quite a while. Liam has made his thoughts on Bohemian Rhapsody very known to me. A lot. So I am <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment. But to give a quick run on Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody follows the story of Freddie Mer- Mercury, who was the lead singer of Queen. And it goes through his life from when he was starting out, when he started out as a singer, when he changed his name to Freddie Mercury, all the way up until his eventual death from AIDS and also his Live Aid concert, which is like the most iconic concert of all time to anyone. And Liam, what do you think about this film? If I put on fake tattoos, war cornrows, and started to lip sync to um, congratulations. This does not make me post Malone. You cannot chuck in a pair of prosthetic teeth into Rami Malik and have him given a little boogie and say, yes, it's a good performance, that's fine. Is it best actor at the Golden Gloves? No, the Sag Awards, no, the Baptist, no, this is not a best acting performance. Why tell you why? 
because he's surrounded by garbage. So supporting cast <laughs> for Mike Myers is good. The rest you have Angel Ben Hardy playing Roger Taylor. Right, mm-hmm. keep going on about his bloody car song. Go in the bin. You have everyone going. Yeah, but Brian May looked like him. Who cares? It's not about looking like someone. It's about acting. The whole movie. They're like, yeah, the Live Aid concert is great. Yeah, and um, they're saying how like. Yeah, but this is like you get the the music, the music. Yes, Queen are the best band of all time. The music's gonna be good. You want to have us? This is a, a movie version of you know the reality show Stars in the Rise. This is this. There's there's. It's directed by. I'm not gonna go into it. And <laughs> don't like him. The editing is a shambles. There, the scene where Freddie Mercury finds out he has AIDS has Who Wants to Live Forever playing in the background because that's as subtle as being punched in the throat and having Queen stamped on your neck. This is uh, it's atrocious. It's horribly written. It's overperformed by everyone. Maybe even Malik. I know I'm going to get shit on for saying that. It's the worst film to be ever nominated for an Oscar. It's worse than Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. I hate this movie. Everything about it. I love Queen. I hate Bohemian Rhapsody. I love the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Can you just go in the bin and we can stop talking about this forever? You should have nominated First Reformed. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm actually... That was... I'm going to say one thing that's going to piss you off quite a bit. What? This is the second highest grossing in the nominees. I can tell you something that'll piss me off even more. What? Out of all the IMDb scores, which is movie fans, mm-hmm. this is the highest. Followed by Green Book. Oh yeah. No, They're the only two eights. Golden Globes, man. Golden Globes. But this made $854 million. This nearly got a billion dollars. Wait, it's not highest grossing. Second highest grossing. Oh, second? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's out on DVD, yet it's still in cinema. Yeah. And it's gonna... And it's, I, fu- it's funny because my thoughts on Queen are di- on, the, on this film are quite different and also similar to my dear friend. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let you calm down for a second while I talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody to me is a perfectly acceptable film. It is very much similar to a lot of other music biopics in that it just does the same kind of story. Here's their life. Here's their death. The direction is flimsy at best and, like, and absolutely terrible at worst by unnamed director and Dexter Fletcher, who I love as a director, but has not really been given much with this film. The performances Rami Malek does, in my opinion, give an absolutely fantastic performance. There are moments in the film where he does ham it up quite a bit. I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) But I I think overall, though, he gives quite a very good performance. Do I think he should win Best Actor? No. Do I think he should be nominated? Yes, I do think so. I do think it's a very, like, very much a meh. Not, he should have been nominated performance the other performance in the film Willem Lee I think is probably the only other member of the band that comes close to kind of emphasis on kind of being like Brian May I do agree with you in saying that Ben Hardy was absolutely tragic in this film but that's because I don't think Ben Hardy is that great of an actor John, Joe Mazzello as John Deacon is just kind of passed over and is also grand like I do I actually do quite like the scene where they're doing um, another one bites the dust Um. And then you have Aidan Gillen, who's just Aidan Gillen. And Aidan Gillen, for me, is always a joy to watch because he's so, such a crap actor. 
and <laughs> I, don't, I don't care her it's a little impressed and Mike, Mike, Mike Myers again it's Mike Myers he is fun He's I have a enjoyable. question for you yes. what did you make of Alan Leach who plays Paul I give a shit He's a pantomime villain. Oh yeah, like well, I don't give a shit. Any every time he comes on screen, they think to show that, um, like it's well, it's hidden. He's hiding that he's uh that he's gay. So to show that he's, they're trying to make it out. They're trying. He's not I, that good. I'm an avid supporter of the LGBTQ mm. community. But why on earth do to try and showcase his sexuality that every passing scene he's wearing more leather? I don't know if this was a creative <laughs> choice or what they were doing, but it's mm. pretty odd. Yeah, like it's a very like I think there the whole film's representation of the LGBT community is the LGBTQ community is just kind of crap. Don't, don't you very, love me, Freddie? Mm, I do. I do think that's very like it's very kind of some parts are very insulting. Yeah, I found it offensive. And it's kind of approach to. The approach to Freddie May as a person is not well received. You also have to remember the fact that this is produced by Brian May and Brian Ross Taylor. And oh god. What about the scene in the hospital where he sees the kid? And he goes, Ew. Laughed. Oh yeah. But like, the thing of this film is like, I do personally think that it has probably one of the better climaxes I've ever seen in a film. Uh, even even though they basically reshot like the um, I'd actually I feel like after Rob Roque was spoiling this film they reshot the entire Live Aid concert and I think it's actually very well done even though you could probably just go and watch the original Live Aid f- film but I think it's actually very well done for what it is and it's very like for what they want to go for I think it's fine but I think I think I kind of want to stop talking this film before Neem explodes <laughs> literally bad because Neem is actually very angry right now but if you had to rate this film Overall, what would it be? A light two. After all of that, you give it a light two. Yeah, I'm not gonna give it a one. Like it's not dog shit. It's a bad movie. Mm. Like probably, I was gonna give uh, it maybe a, a one and a half. I was gonna give it a two myself. It's a perfectly watchable film. It's not great, but it's perfectly fine. I've also just realised it's the seventh highest grossing film of 2018. Did it make more than Venom? Uh, yeah. With Venom, eh? Uh, oh, no, Venom is sixth. Oh, Venom is sixth. No, I was no, no this will actually piss you off more. Made more than Mission Impossible. That's actually annoying me quite a bit now. But that is it for our... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that is it for our Best Picture countdown. What did you think? Like, do you think... Who do you think will actually end up winning in the night? Um, Roma. I think it's either going to be Roma or The Favourite. It's funny because we were talking about that earlier on that there's not really a clear winner this Even, year. As much as I hate to say it, Bohemian Rhapsody could still plausibly win. Oh, and yeah. Green Book, and I Green think Book as well. The only ones I don't have a chance is Black Klansman, Vice, and... Mm, Black Panther could be a... Oh, Vice and Black Klansman are two I think have no chance. No. But the, other, the others, like, all of them I feel like have a m- chance of winning, though. Yeah. 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 Um... I want, yeah, if Roma or Star is born, when I'm going to be happy. Fair enough, then. I think it's time we move off of Oscars now, because we've been on this for an hour and a half. Really? And we move on now to <laughs> box office. <laughs> box office bonanza! <laughs> so, 
So last week we predicted for four films that would be Happy Death Day to You, Isn't It Romantic, Alita, and Fighting With My Family. Okay, so the thing to note here is that we're not going to go by weekend grosses this week because all the films opened on Valentine's Day, so it's yeah, all four-day openings. That's okay? it. So. so, for myself, I predicted that Happy Death Day to You, I predicted that it was going to make $10 million, and Liam predicted it would make $22 million. Yeah, it was way off. It was um, $13 million. $13 million. Yeah. That's one point to me then. So it was way less than projected. Oh, yeah. like I personally thought it was actually... I kind of figured it wouldn't make as much because it is basically the same film as the first one. What did you think of it, actually? I actually enjoyed it, but that's because I wasn't like majorly into the first one. I liked yeah. it, but it was basically the same one. I fell asleep. I know you fell asleep. You told me. Yeah. I was in, I'm, st- I'm going to rewatch it. <laughs> I, ca- I can't give an opinion. That's fair. Um, then we come into Isn't It Romantic? The mm-hmm. Rebel Wilson comedy, which I predict will make 12 million. You predict it will make 16 million. What did it make? It made 20 million in 20 four million? Days. Yeah, man. Jesus. That yeah. goes to you then, my friend. Woo! And then we come to... Actually, I'm going to skip over this one now and come on to Fighting With My Family. The problem with this film is that we weren't aware that it was actually only getting limited release. Until Friday. Until Friday. So we can update our... We can keep those predictions the same. Because literally it was only... It made 170000 So our predictions mm. for... Our predictions will probably week. grow. Yeah. But we will keep them relevant for, the, for next week. What did we be, say out of interest? Um, we said, I said it would be 11 million. You said it would be 9 million. Okay, Yeah. cool. And then Alita's the big one. Alita's the big one. Now, I predicted that that was going to make 53 million. You predicted that was going to make 32 million. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I was close. What did you get? It was uh, 36 million. Oh, days. fuck you. Yeah, man. And with that then, that means that Liam has won this week's round of Boxers does, Bonanza. Does that bring us level overall? That brings us level overall, yeah, because I won last week. Okay, so we have... One, we only have one to predict this weekend. One to predict, and what would it be? It is How to Train Your Dragon, which finally oh, comes yeah, out it in finally America. Um, yeah, that's, that's a weird one actually, because I don't even know what to say for that. Like, I don't even know what the last ones would have grossed. Uh, I actually get look, because I'm pretty sure the last ones actually grossed a fair bit. I'll check the first one, you take the second. The second one grossed, was actually the 12th highest grossing film of 2014. How, how much? At 621 million. 621. Mm-hmm. First one made 495.8. I think that this film will probably end up grossing a fair bit of money. I don't think it's, even though I don't think it's as good as the other two, I think it's still going to gross a fair bit of money. If you want to know our thoughts on the film, you can check out our first episode of the podcast. Plug. Um, but I think it's probably going to end up opening with 29 million. 29 million? Mm. Okay. Um, I think it's going to open with. Thirty no. Forty one. Forty one million. Yeah. Forty one. Because okay. there's nothing really out for kids to go see at the moment. That's fair. Lego movie. Yeah. So that's that'll be do that for Box yeah. Office Bonanza. A very very quick segment of Box Office mm-hmm. Bonanza. Also, just to note that Lego Movie made twenty one million this weekend, so it's up to sixty two million domestically. That so sucks. Which though. is still under what it made for opening weekend for the first one. Yeah. Yeah. But now we move on to our favorite moment of the podcast, which is our 50 cent challenge. Go, 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 We both gave us each other two films. And uh, I gave you, Liam, I gave you the classic, which, and also poorly timed (laughs) film, Taken. I did have a question. Yes. 
Did you do this on purpose? Uh, no. You I had it picked out? I actually had it picked out before all that stuff came out. Like, okay. Um, yeah, Taken, which is a film I haven't seen since I was about 12. Mm. Um, if you don't know what stars Liam Neeson. Um, okay. We're just, just going to pretend like nothing happened, okay? Yeah. Because so, it opens up, the first 20 minutes of this is weirdly like a, a rom-com almost. Really? Like, I don't remember this. It starts with Liam Neeson trying to buy his daughter Kim a karaoke machine to... For her birthday party, it starts with Kim's birthday party, and he's trying to one up um, his wife's new rich husband, played by Xander Berkeley, <laughs> which I did not remember. Really? Yeah. So Lenny's like, uh, "I bought you this karaoke machine. You'll be able to sing all your songs." And Xander Berkeley is like, "Yeah, I bought you a horse." <laughs> I was like, "I don't didn't know where's the guy." Right. Um, Liam Neeson has a guy's night in the first 20 minutes All he's right. a very protective dad he um, did you remember Kim wanted to be a pop star really yeah that's that's what her, I, I have to say I haven't actually seen Taken in a long time it like it opens Liam Neeson, his first missing is he goes to a concert to protect this pop star and he's like uh, how can my daughter be a famous singer like you and he's like um, don't do it <laughs> and then so basically Kim and her best mate, who I can't remember her name, okay. they get kidnapped because they decide to go to Paris and they tell Liam Neeson they're just, Brian knows, they're just going to pa- Paris when really they're following you two on a world tour. Mm. Why? Who does that? Okay. Where, who wants to do that? Yeah. So basically, once the Taken scene is amazing. Yeah. I lost my shit. I was like, because instead of, because she's on the phone to Nisa when it happens, I thought it was later on he rings uh, the guy and does the speech. Mm-hmm. But um, instead of being like, okay, you need to hide, he's just like, he's going to take you. And he's like, just scream what he looks like, all the details you can. And so he's freaking out like, no, this is going to happen. I'm going to get you. Right? I didn't realize how awesome the script was in this movie. I didn't even check to see who did it. But mm-hmm. I don't even know who it's, made It's uh, Luke Besson. Luke Besson yeah. wrote it. Luke Besson, even though, yeah. Did he, he wrote it, yeah. Did he? He wrote it and produced it. What's the other film he made? Uh, he made Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a scene where... So, the speech in context at the moment is mm-hmm. the biggest bit where I'm like, why did you give me this movie? Yeah. It's, it's a great speech, but give it to give it to Sam Elliott. I don't know. <laughs> also, the guy who actually... The guy who kidnapped them was the shadiest looking guy ever. They're idiots for even talking to him. Fair enough. Um, they get kidnapped. Well, you know the song? I couldn't remember the name of it. You know the band The Highs? Yeah. The song that goes... Yeah! I'm not alone! <laughs> they get kidnapped five seconds after they're Seriously? dancing around their house to that. Uh, ba 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 Neeson, one of his skills is detective. He's the best detective since Batman. Hire okay. Him. Um, Peter, who is the taker, gets f the shit up. Okay. So Neeson's chasing after him, being like, "What did you do to my daughter?" So he jumps, parkours onto a truck, jumps on the motorway, and then gets hit by a truck. <laughs> what Liam Neeson or like the guy? <laughs> oh oh okay. god, that's fucked up. And then uh, other, so basically the rest of the movie, I kind of dipped. For a while, because it's basically oh, yeah. him fighting it. But um, yeah, what's the action like? Actually, the action's really good. Really, there's lots of Neeson jumping through glass. He does that a lot. Yeah. Like, but the it reminded me of the the Bourne movies. I thought this was Neeson's best action mm. movie. But I don't care about the action when he's delivering lines like. Now the first bit's a quote unquote. 
So he says, um, you're making too much hassle, this government guy says to him. He goes, I don't care. I will tear down the Eiffel Tower if I have to. And then, spoiler alert, Kim Shren died. That made me feel kind of bummed out. Oh. Yeah. There was the prostitution storyline was actually much darker and done in a really good way. Because, do you not remember this? I knew it. I knew that was about, yeah. came into a prostitution yeah. ring. And it's like, sort of explores it much more intelligently than I expected them to. Hmm. And then, oh yeah, and the most uncomfortable moment of the film is, do you remember the torture scene? Yeah. yeah, yeah that left me going. Uh, but I had a much more, I thought it was, it was only an hour and a half. It flew by. Really? Yeah. Oh. I, I'd actually, I'd recommend it, and I can now go into Cold Pursuit on Friday, not feeling as guilty as watching a Liam Neeson movie right now. So I'm going to give Taken a three and a half. Really? Like, I, I'm, do you yeah. think it's, is it worth 50 cents? Oh yeah, I'd give it a euro. Because like, <laughs> I, like, I was full on like, no, I still remember it was actually a fairly good film, but like... No, yeah. it was, I, had a, I had a good time. It was, it was better than... Um, Smoking aces. Well, that's good. I think most things are better smoking aces. Yeah. So what did I? What did I give you? You gave me Sex and the City too. <laughs> you gave me Sex and the Fucking City too. <laughs> so I want to say two things first, or one. I'll just say one thing. This film is longer than Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. This oh. film is one hundred and forty-eight minutes. <laughs> oh Let that sink in oh. right now. Oh my god. This film is not good. Like watching, like this film's not just not good. It's fucking tragic. It's horrendous. It is probably one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life right now. And it's oh, let me just tell you how it starts off. I, starts, I have a question. Yes. Me. Can you be honest with me? Yeah. Did you watch all of it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Watched every fucking frame of this film. <laughs> starts out. Oh, we're at they're having a big gay wedding with their two big gay friends. It's all me big gay. And this is the line of the film. They're describing it as big gay wedding. Like, you know, not stereotypical, not awful at all. I mean Greek. <laughs> and then somehow at the end, the film goes on. They're all, like, in their 50s, and they're all, like, still acting like, all oh, they want to have sex with, like, everything. And so one of them, set, that Sarah Jessica Parker settled down with Mr. Big, and but, like, she doesn't feel comfortable with it. And then the oldest wife, let's go to fucking Abu Dhabi. You know, it's going to be great. And, like, uh, all expenses paid, luxury vacation to fucking Abu Dhabi, where they're the way they, like, oh... And then Carrie ends up separating from Mr. Big, and it's really weird. And like, one of the characters is really worried about leaving her husband alone. It's like so stupid. And they're all, they're all just like, oh, we want to also want to have sex though. Like we all like leave our husbands, like have sex like whoever we can find. They're all just all fucking people. Yeah, like, and they're hey, all mate. like, they're all worried about like how like, oh, we gotta keep our libido, libido up, or we're gonna have menopause. It's gonna be awful. Oh my god. And they're all waiting hand on foot by like four women who all like are just like in burkas. And then like at near, as the film goes on, it turns out, oh no, we're actually hiding our fashion sense just like you underneath our burkas, and we're just like you, but in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> it's so offensive and so awful. And like, oh, Liam, I hate you so much for making me watch this fucking film because it's. 248 minutes and I'm never going to get back in my entire life because Sex and the City 2 is just fucking sh- you such you are such an Amanda Samantha you're Samantha <laughs> 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 it's killing me um actually right um I have I, I prepared three quick fire questions for okay you. which of the girls did you relate to the most none of them yeah the pick one <laughs> Charlotte why <laughs> I don't, I'm just picking names. Okay. Uh, based on the film, would you go to Abu Dhabi? 
You know, I actually would like to go to Abu Dhabi, yeah, if it's like the film. Because the film portrays it as, like, luxury and not, like, the shitty place it probably is. Okay, and my final and most important question was, was there more sex or more city or more two in this movie? <laughs> I think the mo there was just more poo in this film. Okay. It was pure shit. There's more two. There's not a lot of sex, surprisingly, for a film <laughs> like called Sex in the City 2. Like, and, yeah, there was mostly city in the fact that it was the city of Abu Dhabi. <laughs> But I am going to say that I absolutely hate you for ever even suggesting that I watch this film. I told you that I was going to go into a rant, like kind of Mark Kermode style, and I'm so... Would you give it 50 cent? No! (laughs) No, I would not give it 50 cent, Liam. Uh, (sighs) I'm happy. I'm I'm done now, yeah. Okay, well I took give you your movie Please give me my movie, yeah. I've gone for one which I thought you already had a bit of... um, What's his name? Distaith. A few okay. weeks ago, a prank. Yeah. You've had Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. So, it's not next in our accent star juggernaut. We're going to the Vin Diesel, and we're going with some triple X. I'm actually okay with that. I'm okay with triple X, yeah? Yeah. Why not? Okay. I have decided to, um, <laughs> to treat you, because uh, I know, I don't know if you're a fan of, um, all right, all right. Because um, I'm gonna make you have you watch Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. <laughs> yes, I love with Matthew McConaughey yes. and Jennifer Garner. I love Ron McConaughey. It's on one of it's the one on my list. I need to see. Really, I've seen. It's not. He's my best friend's wedding. Mm. Perfect. <laughs> I love Sahara. I love anything where he has. I was full. On, I was full on just like you know. What, I kind of want to give him a McConaughey film, but I don't want to give him Sahara because Sahara is actually all right. Like it's I watched Dallas Buyers Club for doing. Dallas Buyers Club was great. It was the yeah. first time was I telling us? Yeah, he did. The first yeah. time I watched it last yeah. week. It's great. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Jennifer Garner. Is on Jennifer there? Garner, yeah, as well, giving one of her uh, worst performances of all time. You know what? And it's a Christmas movie, so it, it just fits Christmas. perfectly into um, the, <laughs> the second last weekend <laughs> of, of February. <laughs> I'm actually like, oh, uh, I'm kind of like relieved now that I, I, I'm, I'm just like, Sex and City 2 is taking a lot out of me. Had your life changed for the better? Or oh what? no, it's changed for the worse. No. Like, I feel, I feel like it's, I've had 148 minutes taken from me, forcibly. And I had a hundred and, no, I had 90 minutes of taken. There we go. I got that joke out there in the end. This has been At The Silver Screen with Scott and Liam. I'm going to go and beat the shit out of Liam right now. Um, follow us on Twitter, because I'm definitely going to do that thing I said I was going to start last week and we didn't. Yeah, this, this week's the one, this week's the one. This week's the one. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys.